0: Hello, family, and welcome to another episode of Lessons She Learned. Okay, so in the last episode or maybe a few episodes before, we were having conversations about tips and tools for productivity for project management, which is fire. We talked about GoodNotes being a a classic fave. We talked about Sansama being a a game-changer. Um, And we talked about just like using the iPad, the Magic Keyboard or or some like Bluetooth keyboard and um, and the Apple Pencil as just like fire tools to use, especially if you are used to being a paper and pen person who values computers like it. Sometimes it's hard to be both. but I want to say it's not hard to be both if you use good notes and Sansama being just fire for just managing work and workload. Um, and I wanted to get into the part that I, I thought I was going to cover in the last episode before I feel like project management low-key slowly took over <laughs> with the buildup. And so I wanted to talk about tips and tools for productivity content addition, just because I know that. Conversations about content are going to always vary depending on what role you play in the environment of content creators. There are a lot, a lot of ways to be a content creator. You can be um, an influencer. In which you kind of like are using or leveraging your personality, your interest in your working and collaborating with brands that align with your personality, your values and your interest. You could be a um, blogger, you could be a vlogger, Um, you could create videos on YouTube that are not vlogging. Um, You can be a TikTok creator who's just having fun and they're able to monetize, not necessarily selling anything tangible. But by being an entertainer, you end up being compensated for creating content that entertains. You could also be a uh, business owner who has, well, all of them are business owners, but you could also be uh, one of the more historically more traditional business owners, even though I would go as far as to say. It's, it's possible that all of them have been around in some in some capacity or in some form, but what I'm referring to is like providing a, um, a product or service that you personally deliver, and you also have those content creators that are specific to what they intend to provide. Um, and I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned um, from I want to say that I, I kind of alluded to it a little bit um, in the end of an era silent series episode where I was starting to kind of like adopt the voices of other people and even adopt the styles of other people. But what I didn't realize is that just because you're a content creator doesn't mean you're all playing the same role, even though you all are in the same environment. Um, And so there's a specialty lane for each person in that space. And some people might occupy more than one lane in the space. You can be an influencer on a platform like Instagram. You can also be, that same person could also be a blogger. That same person could also have a YouTube. It ends up just being different streams of income for a single person who takes the title of influencer, which just means their influence isn't limited to platform, but the kind of content that they create Is really kind of directed or like specific to the platforms that they prefer to use. And so I wanted to make sure that I was clear about that because if you are a person who is, for example, an influencer and they aren't necessarily influencing in areas of education, influencing in areas of business explicitly, but they're using a different strategy or having a different focus in their business, this These tools could still be super useful to you, but that's not the lens I'm coming from. I'm coming from the lens of a person who has a product or a service that they personally deliver and creating the kind of content that is specific to the the theme or the message, the result, or the impact of what that is. The reason I say that is because in in my time of over-consuming or binge-consuming content, I have become inspired by people who are in my industry, who are industry adjacent and people who are not in my industry. And I find that I am most creative and I am most invested and I am the least overwhelmed by consuming content from people who are not at all related to my industry. For example, I'm the kind of person who will watch interior designers who know how to build a brand and market themselves and watch them talk about their service, their industry, their products with this in this way that's not usually typical in my traditional industry. So I'm looking at the way that they're doing things. I'm looking at the conversations they're having. I'm looking at their relationship with their audience. And it's very, very Interesting. First of all, it's fascinating. Second of all, it for me because I have to be careful about playing the comparison game every time I look at somebody who's doing something in the in the realm of what it is that I'm doing. Um, it's it's harder for me to compare myself to somebody who it, who might be in a different phase of life, in a different kind of business, but also someone who straight up is just like in a straight up different industry than me. Like the, it's it's literally apples to watermelon like it like it's not it's not (laughs) so it's easier for me to consume that content without comparing myself and to actually be inspired whereas for some reason a part of me and I usually have to police this but a part of me is usually curious or interested in looking at whatever this is like competition or feeling inadequate just because I feel like that's where I'm supposed to be even if that's not what I want for real. Like in a moment, I could get so distracted by how impressive something is that I consider myself to be impressive. So why don't I have that? Not noticing, I might not want that. That might not be in the plan that I set for myself. That might not be something that is so deeply convict, like a deep conviction within me that I'm willing to do whatever it is to, to get to that place. Like it just might not align in that way. And so- In my pulling back, in my pulling back from content consumption, um, I was able to start to see, okay, I like this person's content. I enjoy this person's content. We both create content, but we do not do the same things. We aren't even selling in the same way. And we aren't producing the same things in what we're selling because our business model, although including content, aka marketing and ad materials, are structurally different what we the way we receive compensation and the lens through which compensation is valued woefully different that's the reason why I want it to be specific, not because an industry or a business model is better than another, but I think it's lazy, and I think that it's irresponsible to be someone who ser- who sells a product or a service but to fashion all of your marketing and media as if you have the business model of an influencer and never ever actually sell explicitly your own product, um, but to only talk about the product of someone else's if you are supposed to be selling your own product or your own service or something like that. And so that's why I got super specific and kind of granular on the front end about Tips and tools for productivity for content, because even though all of the tools um, and all of the resources could be good for any medium, depending on what it is you do and how you, you know, with what your, what your goals are for your business. But I wanted to be specific about the lens through which I value these tools and how I'm believing or hoping that these tools could be useful to you. And so, let's get into it. Okay, so now that my disclaimers are in the air, the first tool that I'm going to mention for content creation is actually the last tool from the last one. And this is why I say that, because when I create content, I have to think about the goal itself. The reason I have to think about the goal, the reason the goal matters, is because I don't create content for the sake of creating content. I am not by virtue and entertainer um I want to have usually I want to have a specific conversation now that doesn't mean I'm afraid of creating content that entertains I just don't want to be distracted with something that might not have the focus that I want it to have um in the way that I want to do or accomplish that and so a lot of my content ends up being goal-oriented but the goal is to not be over curated um and so you can have content that's very strategic that is actually something that looks like it could have been developed on a phone and there's nothing wrong with that um And it just sometimes it just means making sure it's relevant to what you've been talking about, the problem that your customer is having. Sometimes it means being relevant to the theme you set for yourself for the month so that you, you know, never run out of things to say or a vantage point from which to have a conversation with the audience, because all content is just a continuous conversation. So does it sound like we're starting a new conversation or does it sound like we're having a fluid conversation and you're just picking up where we last left off? Um, and in my mind, having content that, you know, people want to engage with, having content that people can relate with, having content that relates to the goal and that helps them imagine their desired life or their desired result is a part of that process. Um, and knowing how to brainstorm it could be easy, easily, easily done in good notes. But another thing that's really good in good notes is just. Documenting things so that they don't get lost later. The cool thing about good notes is that if you were to try to find a word, you could find it, whether you wrote it or whether you typed it. And so it's easier to kind of go through the notebook without flipping through thousands of pages. It's easier to kind of create sections with dividers in them and be like, this is the section for that and I can find it. And I think that GoodNotes does a really good job at not being limited to the natural way computers draw things versus the way a hand on a paper would draw something where the lines aren't straight because they're not supposed to be straight. And, you know, it's at this angle because you need this angle. I think that being able to draw something out the way you see it in your head is important and being able to find a place where it can't get ruined because it's on the cloud. You can't lose it. You can get it from your phone or your iPad or send a link to somebody if you just need them to see on the Internet, like in a regular way. I think GoodNotes is really good for ideation and just thinking. Um, And I think that's powerful. I also think that it's good for documentation Um, because of the way that I'm structuring my business, because of the short-term and the long-term business model that I'm employing, it's going to be, it is already necessary that I create documentation that makes it really easy to delegate. The first time I ever was willing to take on an intern or even willing to entertain the thought of a new hire, I realized I had never written anything down. There was nothing for them to consume. And then by by way of that, know or understand who I am, what I do, what I do for my clients, why I'm the person to do it. You know, why this environment has the values or the focus or the customer prioritization that it does. Like, it was nowhere. Um, and it makes it hard for someone who's coming into your business to be onboarded or to feel like they're coming into a preset and a pre-designed environment that there looks like there's room for growth in, but also looks like it's just well-organized. People come into your business as an intern or as an assistant or in a specific role, and they match your energy if they're regular, but they go above and beyond if they're superior. But one of the things that I've learned the hard way, is if you want a leader in your organization, you have to build an environment where people can thrive. And a part of that is just being prepared for them, being prepared for their questions, being prepared to help them have the tools that they need so they can do their work so that they don't have to depend on you, but that they can develop some sort of independence for themselves in that process. And whether you you exclusively, I should say, have Experience as an employee, or whether you are used to hiring people on either end of the spectrum, you can see why there is a need or what a value for something like that. So, good notes <laughs> for thinking and for documentation. Now, the next app that I'm going to the next two apps that I'm going to go over are for the planning. Of content, So we talked about the thinking about content. Now we're talking about the planning of content. There are two ways to plan content in my mind. The first one is conceptually, because you could say I want to have XYZ number of posts up. But if you don't know what those posts are talking about, if you don't know how those posts are supposed to be related to the offer, the conversation, um, the goals, the priorities of your audience, if you don't have any of that stuff down, or even just have any of those things in mind, Creating content is going to be like a big to-do on your list of things to do, and it might never happen. And I've experienced this in this way. I'll go and have my fantastic project manager on Suntama, (laughs) and I'll have make XYZ pieces of content today for two to three hours, right? If I'm trying to make a lot of content or, you know, something long. And I'll have that down As if it's only, (laughs) poor me, like (laughs) as if it's only one task, not that planning that task takes time, not that um, deciding how it's going to go takes time, not that creating it takes time and then putting it in the environment of editing so that it could be fixed or adjusted and then knowing how to deploy it into the space so that it's the most productive and then making sure it doesn't need additional support in deployment to have the splash you want it to have like sometimes it just takes forethought sometimes even making sure you don't skip steps to hurry up and get it done and it's not just the content you finish that you said you would finish but it's the quality and the value of content that you want your brand to be known for yeah, that part like takes thought. It takes more thought than XYZ number of post. and let's go ahead and get those out. Those are usually not the things that perform even if you want to be spontaneous or less curated. It all depends on what your short game is and your long game is and how you're intending intending to impact people and how much of this work you want to rest on your shoulders today and how much of today's work has to go out today. Because when you're creating things in advance and you want it to perform well, you got to read the room. And you also got to plan in advance based on what you're expecting the room to feel like when you bring up this topic, when you have this conversation, when you have a conversation about something that's taboo versus something that has already been polarized. Like, you kind of know what to expect once people engage. And creating content that is robust and well-rounded, even if it's something simple, you know if it'll trigger your people like it's thoughtful it's it's intentional it's not just strategy it's knowing what to predict from human emotion it's why you don't ask your mom for if you could go out when she got an attitude I'm, I'm not going to ask you for nothing right now because you're probably going to say no how did you know that you read the room you read the room the moment you got in the car the moment she got in the house and she slammed the door like nobody had to tell you this isn't the right time for that Right. So you read the room in the same way and you're able to gauge what kind of impact that's going to have. So the two apps that I like or well, the one app that I use for planning the thought part of it is notion notion does a really good job at being able to show you how to like plan out a calendar at different things at my my content calendar bless bless its little heart is so robust I'm trying to figure out if it's robust to my detriment or my benefit but you can make it as robust as you want it to be honestly and guess what this recording is on the calendar and look at it it's happening um and it it works as far as like getting getting the thoughts out And on a calendar that isn't being interrupted by like your meetings. Like you can see the work that needs to get done. You can see the deadlines that you have. Like it makes it very easy to see information in different formats and in different layouts. Um, Some people like list me anxiety through the roof. Don't give me no list. Okay. Don't give me no list with more than three to five things on it unless you really want me. do nothing with that list unless it's a grocery list like don't give me no list but but you could put it on the calendar though like like you gotta just know yourself know yourself well enough to prepare yourself for productivity as we discussed and of course if you are planning the aesthetics of a platform um let's say you're planning the aesthetics for instagram um, for Instagram, I like to use Preview because they let you put. Well, they're no longer called IGTVs. They just like they let you plan out video. Um, they let you plan out reels and reel covers. They let you plan out, you know, the photos, the carousels. They let you see what your feed is going to look like because it's a part of your branded portfolio in that way. So, you know, you get to test it out there. The reason I say notion for thinking is because it's not all about aesthetics anymore. You used to get be able to get people who could put a color scheme together on your page. Like, what what is your preset? What What filter is this? All of these things. But now... It's about so much more than a preset. It's about so much more. I mean, if you want to convert and if you want to impact, like it's about so much more than that at this point that it should have forethought, but it also should be attractive to you and your audience. And so if it works for you, it, you know, likely it'll work for them. Um, and so I'd like to use preview for that. Now that I'm thinking about places um, that I like to use for that content creation, um, I'm thinking about adding a few more apps to the list. So we got through content thinking, we got through content planning. Now let's talk content creation. Now I'm going to just name the apps and I'm going to talk about what the apps do. The first one that while I'm thinking in my head, cause I don't have it on the list, Lightroom for editing and adding presets, Polar for editing and adding presets. And those are for photos, exclusively, I believe. Um, Tezza, T-E-Z-Z-A, for adding presets, but they do photo and video, which is nice. Um, And InShot has presets, but I don't really use them. I usually use use InShot for editing video, for the most part, for me personally. So, editing video and photo. InShot, um, Teza. Polar, with two R's, I believe. Like P O L A R R, I believe it is. It's a black icon with a white P. I want to say, and then um, and, and then, what, Lightroom. Lightroom for presets that you might buy from anywhere, um, and those are for photo and video editing themselves. Now for Creating the templates you like to see um, and stuff like that, creating the PDFs you want to see. I, re- I I highly recommend canva premium because the benefits are worth way more than twelve dollars. I like because of how canva moves, I would pay fifty dollars a month for canva. Don't tell canva, but like it's worth so much that I don't second guess that business bill ever because of how much I use Canva but also because of all of its capabilities all of its templates the fact that you can upload fonts and it's it's a beautiful place um and so sometimes I also put video on Canva also um yeah Yep, I can put a frame So I could put a photo in there, I could put a video in there, I could create templates that I might use on stories or that I might use for carousels or that I might use for even like some reels, like a lot of things can happen on Canva. Um, PDFs, downloads, worksheets, lots of things happen on Canva. Now that I'm thinking of it, another app, did the app leave me in my mind? I think that might be gone. Oh, no, 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 no. So for podcasts, I was having the hardest time finding a platform that I really liked um, that did really good audiograms. And I was able to find one that I really liked that wasn't frustrating or annoying or tedious or expensive. Um, And you get enough of these 15, 20, and $30 subscriptions, they start adding up. And so the one that I like to use for audiogram is called veed.io. V e e dot I-O. Um, and it makes beautiful audiograms that are very easy to edit. Um, and yeah, those are my favorite content creation apps that even though they might cost some money, I don't think, I don't think globally of them. And... I have bought. Wow, I think I have bought all of the paid versions of all of these apps. Yeah, but yeah, you know what? Not Polar. I was able to do a lot with the free version of Polar. Also, I'm not a I'm not a preset creator type of person. I'm like, Mm-mm. I'd rather buy a bunch and, and they don't work than spend all my time trying to because I'm I'm not trying to be i'm not trying to be a preset creator so that's not for me so but i think polar veed and lightroom i haven't needed to upgrade yet for for anything and i've been using them for some time now um and i've been good off that um yeah And I think I've been good off the Notion one because I received a really good template for the kind of thing that I'm doing. And I think that because they have the, they sent me a template for it, that some of the advanced things that it does, I don't know if they're free or not. Like, I know that they're free to use. Once you've created them, I don't know that it costs money to create them from scratch. I have no idea. But those are some of my content creation tools. Those are the ones I use the most often and that allow me to do the the most like work and being productive and disclaimer, (laughs) it's easy to over curate something. It's easy to overcook a piece of content. And it's really important to just create content for the medium you're using. Some, some pieces of media are like easy to repurpose. Like it's really easy to repurpose a reel or a TikTok because you can take a reel and put it on TikTok and put it on YouTube as a YouTube short. You can take a TikTok and put it on Instagram as a reel and then put it on YouTube as a YouTube short. I don't think people are making YouTube shorts from scratch, Um, but yeah, you can do all of those things with that one piece of content. But at the same time, we all know that long form con for long form videos on Instagram are usually very organic in in nature. So they're kind of like person props up phone or props up device and they record it or they're live. Usually there aren't very many graphics in videos you find on YouTube that are created by regular creators, but you take that same energy to Instagram. And now everybody got Final Final Cut Pro. Everybody is premium in their editing um, because the landscape is different. And so you don't want to overcook something When it's not appropriate for your platform, and you also might not want to overcook a piece of content if you know that it's going to lead to a lack of production or a lack of productivity. Sometimes I over-curate a piece of content or a a series of posts as a way to uh, procrastinate. So if I'm trying to buy more time, but I don't want to admit that I'm trying to buy more time, I'll over-edit something, I'll I'll over-curate something, I'll be obsessed with making it look professional, when in reality, one of the reasons that big corporations are creating user-based or yeah, user-based content is because generic content isn't performing as well on these platforms, and people are buying when they see the human. People are buying when they see the personality. So there has to be some balance with quality and personality, and the like. The balance of that is different for everybody's audience. So some people are like, yeah, curate my junk matter-of-factly professional studio quality while others are like "Mm, you could have just you could have just like used your front camera and I would have been fine (laughs) so read the room of the platform know what what is more likely to perform well and create the kind of content that performs according to the trends I think this was the one thing that I was the most hesitant to actually embody and adapt to because I was so keen on producing large volumes of the same kind of content that I wasn't paying close enough attention to whether the content worked. And by the time I figured out what worked, I was burnt out and I was tired and I didn't feel like creating anymore. Um, In addition to a whole host of other content creation challenges I was having. But you know, just just look at those things. When I I was talking about um documentation, documentation isn't just for high complexity ex like practices or experiences in your business. When you learn something that would have taken someone else wisdom and experience to learn, and you intend to delegate something and you need them to not need to experience it themselves. You might want to write it down if it's something that you want them to consider when they're working with you on your projects. And so anything that I would learn um, from experience, which is a pretty expensive teacher, if I might add, like I write it down because I can't afford for my entire team to be starting from scratch. You have to be learning from my place of experience and even from your own experience Instead of starting from the bottom or from the ground floor, because there's no need for that, because I have literally (laughs) prepared a place for you (laughs) here and I know what my standard is, but my standard isn't just my preference, my preference, my standard is based on what I've seen that works, what I've seen that doesn't work. And so... Being able and willing to write that down, even if it isn't fancy, even if it's something as simple as a Google Doc that's kind of like ongoing with like quick headings and just bolded headings and nothing fancy, no design, no et cetera. Like it's worth doing because I mean, ideally, even if you don't plan to develop at a corporation level, you'll want to think about at least. What you're working towards and what you don't want to always carry so that you can afford to rest, so that you can afford to be still and so that you can afford to be off because life isn't all about your doing. Um, at some point in time, you're going to have to be concerned with what God is concerned with, which is your being. Um, Which is a conversation that we will absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, be having on another day. But until next time, I hope that you have learned a lot from the lessons that I've learned um, in content, productivity. And I hope that it inspires you to kind of be thoughtful and be um, strategic, but to also still be organic and to be true to you, your business model, um, and your interest in your business um whatever business model you might have and so until next time you are listening to the Lessons she learned podcast produced by the base agency and hosted by zania blue this podcast is the place where we stop and reflect on the lessons we are learning in life and business what can i say it's the messy and the majestic process of growing through your business's awkward phase get comfortable as we dive into today's episode Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, I had a lot of fun recording it and just thinking creatively about different aspects of business and different lessons that we're all learning along the way. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love to see like a quote or a snippet um, that felt that you felt like really resonated with you. Um, Feel free to tag me on Instagram at the base agency group um, for shares. And if you have any questions that you wanted to ask or if you have any topics that you would love to see broken down um, or even love for us to kind of reflect on as like a case study, we absolutely can. And of course, If you really enjoyed today's episode and you wanted to kind of take your love to the next level, uh, feel free to leave us a review, rate and review, because it helps people just like you who need tips just like these to go ahead and develop their business with clarity and confidence. And so feel free to support just in that way, leaving that review, leaving those stars, and we will see you next time.